Thank you all for uh, braving the cold. This this afternoon I thought I was uh, breaking into uh, prayer in tongues, but it was just <laughs> But uh, praise the Lord. It's good to be good to be here in His presence. Amen. 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 Just want to welcome Pastors Roger and Myrna coming in tonight and give them a big round of applause and big welcome. And uh, Pastors Brad and Gene Lawrence are here this evening well, from New Richmond, Wisconsin. And uh, Pastors Dan and Claudia came again. I'm so glad. Coming out again. And Dan and Marta get the uh, t-shirts for the furthest traveled so far anyway. And uh, flannel t-shirts, that's right. Flannel t-shirts, amen. Amen. But it's, uh, you know, we were beginning, we've began this morning, but we're beginning the week devoted to God. And if you remember back, if you were here for the very first one that we ever did, we had a, we, we did just evening meetings and they were wonderful. It was actually really, it was, it was exactly what we were supposed to do when we were supposed to do it. And, and uh, we uh, had meetings each night and they were very powerful. It was wonderful. And then uh, the next year we just, I scheduled it because, well, that's, it was so good the first time. That's exactly what we should do the second time, right? And the second year, or the second time we did it, if you, you know, if you remember it all, uh, it was not all that great. You know, I mean, I, it wasn't. It was just kind of like, nah, that was okay. You know, even the staff were like, you know, well, what did you think of it, Pastor John? I was like, you know, yeah, it was kind of, eh, and they were like, yeah, that's exactly how we feel too. But sometimes you don't do things just because. You don't do things because you did it last year or you did it before. You do things because you're led to do it. You do things for the right reasons. And so we actually didn't meet together for a couple of years for the week devoted to God. But then uh, I think it's now, this is what, the third year or fourth year in a row that we have uh, been meeting. But the thing that we, as, I, as we sought the Lord, the thing that we focused on doing was the prayer times also prayer times morning and afternoon and evening and and when uh, in doing that i believe that we really tapped into um the plan and purpose of god for this time of the year it's good to start out in the beginning of the year with in his presence and and coming together and just focusing on it i know you know january well, December 31st, January 1st, and the week of is not necessarily the most, uh, um, you know, the easiest time to, uh, to get together, and uh, especially when it's this cold. But if everybody would turn with me real quickly to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, beginning with verse 31. This is Jesus teaching at the Mount of Olives, or, or the, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew six thirty-one says, Do not be anxious, says, uh, saying, do, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so it's good to seek first his kingdom. And that's what we're doing this week. We're, we're, we're setting aside the first week of the year and saying, God, this is your deal. We're, we're purposing to spend time with you. And, and each time we get together, whether it be this morning, obviously, or tonight, or for the prayer times, it's about Him. And it's about putting Him first and focusing on His agenda. And so one of the things that I've just been praying all you know throughout this afternoon as I watch the football games was that I... Uh, <laughs> was the fact that that I was actually feeling anxious you know anxious about you know wanting to come you know wanting to be here tonight and looking forward to what God has happening and all of a sudden I realized you know what no we're supposed to come and be in his presence we're just supposed to come and relax and be in it and let him do what he's going to do and he'll do exactly he'll do all of it he'll do he'll equip us he'll prepare us he'll anoint us everything we need as long as we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, all these things will be added on to us. And so as we come tonight, and any time as we come to a, these services and to the prayer times, I just encourage you to come and just relax in His presence. You know, just get everything that He has for you. Just soak in His love, His, his, his joy, his, his peace, and everything else. That's Him. All of Him. Amen? So let's stand. We're going to worship. We have some lovely ladies leading us in worship tonight. And so uh, they're going to do that. And we're just going to enter in and seek Him, for He is good. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we do come before You tonight. Lord, we're so excited to be here. Lord, this is Your week. We give You this week. We give You this time. And Lord, many people have, have rearranged their schedules to be here and to be a part of what's going on. Lord, that's so exciting. It's so exciting to, to be a part of a body that puts you first in every area of their lives. So Father, tonight as we come, you lead us. Holy Spirit, you have free reign to, to minister as you see fit tonight. We will endeavor to listen, we'll endeavor to follow, and we'll, we will endeavor to cooperate and obey. And we'll do exactly what you want when you want us to do it. So, Father, your name lifted up, the name of Jesus lifted high, that all men might be drawn unto you. We give this to you, give you this night, but this whole week, dedicating it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Great is your name. Great is your name. Great is your name. Let's continue to worship. Let's just pray in the Spirit for a while here. Praise your holy name. Guru Shambandaratili ke sirin enum baratalahim. Irin enum basashera le mesi bandoro tolohim. Irin enum asira likre de demushumono toloro to mesihim. Enen enubusotoro notoro meshalimin de ride to him baratolohim. Irin enum busuru da lotoro ko shem anatala tandratili perenondope. 
Iren and Dumbo, Sora, Lura, Temeshe, Mendara, Tala, Mandra, Tolo, Him, Iren and Dumbo, Sudro, Gushale, Men and Anandra, Tala, Minder, and Anandu, Him, Iren and Dusso, Turu, Shomana, Tala, Kindra, Tilicated, the Dumbo, Rotolo, Thomas, Ebata, Him, Iren and Dumbo, Seshol, and Dotro, Misele, Ben and Anandro, Boto, Him, Iren and Dusso, Shoro, Dolo, Mondo, Romatra, Kili, Kiren, and Night, Remo, Sutoro, Kota, Him, Iren and Dumbo, Solo toro nandro polo boshe mendra tile kindre hi iren ndumbo sotoro nolo boshe ba ele kiren ndetu mondo trombandara talahim iren ndembo sorotolo koshe mendra talahim iren ndembo ndo troshale mendara tu kosire de detu him iren ndando loro toloki se mendra talahim beratile keshe hi iren ndabo sotoro koshale manapatara nile kire de Montombro tolo him, here in a mondo ropatara tala kise mendra tala kesere renando he, ille kire de tumbro tolo cosor doro ne bere de era na mondo rota him, ille kire de nandro boro shalile pena natando kisi lire tara no mushe, ire de dobo sombro andula cusare bedere nile kire nanamato him, isra bandra tile kisha na mandra tala kire nanatur mondo tolo botra him, ire na nubo sundro busha Lemen and Abati, here the Tile Kesa me, Ondro Tulu Koshe, Mendra Tala Mandra Tile Kiren and Atu him, Etu Semana Tala Kire de Temboshe, Urtulu Koser and Atu him, Eman Bandra Tile Kiren and Atu Mosso Mondoro Tulu Koshe, Here and then Dubu Sotoro Nala Bandra Kire de Tehem, Here and then Dubese Lire de Natu him, Ebra Bondoro Tulu Koshe, Ben and Andre Bille Kire de Natro Mose he. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, you may be seated if you're not already, or stand as long as you want. Hallelujah. Well, turn with me to Luke chapter 19. So this week we're going to be seeking God, putting Him first, letting this is a week devoted to Him. And so when we get together, we're going to worship, and you know, the the plan is we have some plans. We have things that we have uh, um, prepared and thought out ahead of time, but at the same time, we're leaving as much room for the Holy Spirit to do whatever He wants. Now, the interesting thing is, is that the Word says that, that the gifts are given as He wills, as He wills, as the Holy Spirit wills. And uh, He can use whoever He wants whenever He wants. But the one thing that happens is, you know, many times, and, I, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it, that many times when, when you're not necessarily the one who's scheduled to, to be up front or the one to schedule to minister or scheduled to say something, you know, and then, you know, the Holy Spirit puts something in your heart, you'll, you'll have a tendency to not do it. Years ago, um, I was uh, in a meeting. Pastor Dan was the pastor at... 
uh, communion of saints at that time, and there was a men's meeting, and and uh, there was a gentleman ministering there, and and uh, we got through the the worship part of the service, and he said somebody has a word. Well, see, I knew that because I was the one who had the word. <laughs> said somebody's got a word to share. And, and I was, you know, not new in the Lord, but I was, I was young in the Lord, and I certainly wasn't the leader of that meeting, and I certainly wasn't a leader within the church. I was just a guy, you know, just one of the guys. Just one of the, just one of the, the, uh, also showed up that day, guys, you know, just nothing, nothing important, guys. And, and the Holy Spirit, you know, put a word in my heart. He put something in my heart to share, and I knew it was Him. I mean, there was no doubt it was Him, but I was not about to get up there and share it because I'm not the pastor, I'm not even the leader, I'm not the speaker that day. But, uh, but uh, you know, who am I? Who am I to get up in front of a bunch of people and say something uh, by the unction of the Holy Ghost? Well, what I didn't fully understand at that time was I was the guy that God wanted to use at that moment. For a couple of different reasons. One, so that the word would have been proclaimed and then it would have been a confirmation for anybody else that was there. But secondly, for me, so that I would know, that I would understand that, that I'm hearing from God and that, that I'm a part of the plan of God. It isn't about ranking. This week, this week is not about ranking. It's not about who is, has what title. It isn't about, you know, actually this whole move of God, I said that this morning, is not about who has a title. Who has a, a five-fold ministry? This is about the body of Christ ministering. And that means anyone who is led by Him, anyone who the Holy Spirit is speaking through, you need to be bold and do it. Now, I know it's going to be scary. It is scary. That day, I wouldn't get up. I, was, I sat there and I'm like, no way, I'm not getting up. Not going to happen. And he says, no, really, there's somebody here who has a word. You're something you're supposed to share, something you're supposed to say. Well, it wasn't just a word. I actually had a sermon. <laughs> You know, and who am I to, to take over? Who am I to stand up and, and make the guy who was supposed to speak sit down? And I was like, no, this can't be me. This can't be me. And, I, and he said the third time, he goes, no, I'm not kidding you. Somebody here has something, and we're supposed to wait till you give it. And I'm thinking, I'm not giving it, so we're going to be waiting for a long time here. And uh, Danny Kramer, for those of you who ever from above, whoever had Abundant Life, Danny Kramer comes walking over to me. He goes, it's you. <laughs> And I lied. I said, no, it's not. You know, I, I repent now. You know, I've repented before, but I repent. But I said, no, no, Dan, no. And he looks at me and goes, John, it's you. Uh, no, Dan, I, I don't have anything. No, no, no. Well, I disobeyed God that day. And what was really interesting, see, here's the, the rest of the story, was the pastor then preached that word exactly, almost word for word what the Holy Spirit had said to me. It wasn't about anything other than God, it's as the Spirit wills. So if you have something, if you have something to share this week, whether it's here in these meetings at night or whether it's in the prayer meetings during the day, you need to operate in your gift, in, operate in the anointing that God gives you. And you need to flow with the Holy Spirit. For us, because there may not come out from anybody else what needs to be said. That night, that day God needed to say that, but it was you know i missed it that day but also for you so that you know and you can start to begin to work in that now it, there was a number of those 
fits and starts in my life until one day I said, never again. I won't do that again. I won't, I won't disobey when I know it's the Holy Ghost. And, and so I just began to step out in that. And, and obey as he led. So I encourage you to do that. Um, this week is, is, like I say, it's not about position, it's not about title, it's not about anything, that anyone that has the unction of the Holy Ghost to say something or to minister, maybe you're supposed to pray for somebody, whatever it is, be obedient. Amen? Everybody raise your right hand. I promise <laughs> to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's awesome. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke chapter 19. I shared this this morning, but I just need to reshare. It's just, it's just, uh, was good. It was good that, that, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke through John this morning. You know, John, while he was running the, the first part of the service and he made it, gave it an encouraging word and it just, it lined up with everything that the Holy Spirit's been saying to me. And I even had a verse for it. Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 11. Jesus is, is uh, teaching a number of parables, and he, he shares this. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable, because he was near to Jerusalem, and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. They had it all figured out. They knew how this thing was going to work. They knew how, they, they, they knew that Jesus was going to go to Jerusalem. They knew that he was then going to be recognized as not only the, the Messiah, but as the King of Israel. And they were going to put him on a throne and they were going to put a crown on his head and they were going to get to serve next to him. Remember, uh, John and, and James's mom was asking, well, you know, when you get to your kingdom, remember, remember my sons. Remember that, you know, see, can they sit next to you, uh, next to your throne? And Jesus, you know, he's realizing they don't understand this. They don't get it yet. And so he tells them this parable because they thought it was going to happen immediately and it wasn't going to happen immediately. Things were going to happen immediately, but not what they thought was going to happen immediately. And that's, you know, much even today. You know, we, we hear something and we think it's going to happen immediately, but it doesn't. And verse 12, he said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. And the word that John had this morning was, God wants to do business this week. It's time to do business. It's time to do kingdom business this week. So the things that we're about to do, the things tonight, the things in your heart, the things that God's speaking to you, He wants to do business. Well, what is business? Business is taking something and increasing it. You know, I don't know of any business that wants to decrease their production, decrease their ability to produce what, what, what was they're, they're all about, what they exist for. They're about taking something and increasing it to something more. Going and doing business. He was, they were given ten minas, which uh, you know, I don't know what the exact, uh, maybe in your book, in your Bible it has the, the, uh, the, the, you know, is it a year's wages or something like that, or two years wages or something like that. But they were given an amount in a different version of this story. Maybe he told the story twice and we used pair or used talents the next time. They, some were given five, some were given three, some, one was given one. And they were expected to do something with it. They were expected, they weren't just given something to go, wow, look what I have. 
That was the problem with guy number one, you know, the, the one talent guy was, he said, I, you know, I, I realized you were a hard man, so I had, I took what you gave me and I put it in the ground and I kept it and I have exactly what you gave me when, before you left. And it was in that that he was said that, that he was told, you're a wicked servant. You're not supposed to just protect what you've been given. You know, every one of us has been given something. Every one of us has been given something. If nothing else, if, if at the very minimum you've been given salvation. And when God created the heavens and the earth, He put within everything a seed. And that seed was to reproduce after itself. So if you've been given salvation, the minimum expectation is that you lead someone else into salvation. Amen. That you at least share with someone else the story of salvation. You know, it's not your responsibility to save anybody. You can't save anybody. It's a, it's a co-laboring between you and the Holy Spirit and their, their will, their, their desire, their, their choices. You can't lead. The, the first year after I came back to the Lord, I witnessed to everything that moved. And some things that didn't. I mean, people they they would actually. There was a guy who I was sitting in a in the lunchroom at work one day, and he you know, and he asked a question that had nothing to do with salvation, and I brought the subject around to the gospel. And he looked at me, he goes, "Stop it!" He says, "Every time we talk, that's all you want to talk about." I was like, "Well, yeah, because it's real, it's life, and you don't have it, and I do." And he goes, "I don't ever want you to talk to me again. Stop talking to me about Jesus." Well, sorry. Here we are. But I want—I I, just—I shared with everybody. Do you know how many people I led to the Lord the first year? None. No one. Not one single person in a full year. For one full year, everybody I witnessed to, all the people at work, all my friends, all the guys, uh, all the, you know, just people anywhere I got. I actually started working with Youth for Christ, and I was leading a Bible study, and I was I would share my faith there. I picked up a, hitch, a hitchhiker one time, which you shouldn't do, kids. Don't ever pick up hitchhikers. But I picked up a hitchhiker, and he was in southern. It was really funny because we're in, I pick him up in southern Minnesota. It's cold out, and he doesn't have a jacket on. And I'm thinking, well, this guy is crazy. Okay, so we're driving up. And all of a sudden, he stretched out his arm, and underneath his sleeve, he had a, a mental ward uh, wrist thing. And I was like, I actually picked up a crazy person. This is what was I thinking, you know? But I witnessed to him. No, nobody, not one person for a full year. The very first person I ever actually had the opportunity, had the blessing to share with, was in a Bible study, and it was like three kids showed up on us on a, after school one time, and we're sitting around a table, and I'm doing this, and it's okay. Well, I gotta I gotta give an opportunity to get saved because that's what I do, and that's what everybody. So I said, "Does anybody want to get saved?" And this little girl goes, "Sure." I was like, "Really?" <laughs> She was the first one. I don't even remember her name. I have no idea who she is or where she ended up. But she was the first one that said yes. It's not my job. But I had to come to the point where I realized it's not my job to save them. Amen. It's my job to preach. It's my job to be light, be salt. It doesn't matter whether anyone... You know, I, I tell this story every once in a while, but there was a, a missionary who went into a country and he was a missionary and he preached for years and years and years and years and years and years and died on the mission field. And he never led one single person to the Lord. Not one. 
at his funeral. They had a kind of a, whatever their tribe did as a funeral, and they sat around and they told stories about him. He did this for us, and he said this, and he preached this, he shared this about Jesus. And they all sat around and went, huh, that's true, and they all got saved. <laughs> he didn't know it. He had no clue. It isn't about the results that you see, it's about the obedience to do with what He's given you. It's, it's the obedience to be about the Father's business and to do business until, engage in business until He returns. Make more of what He put inside of you than what you have. And I shared this morning, I've shared a couple other times that, that this last year, at the beginning of the year during Week Devoted to God, uh, he spoke during the prayer times and said that, that what we were doing those days, those first seven days of, of January last year, was framing the future. The words that we, pre- that, we, that we prayed out, the words that we spoke, he said, be powerful, build mightily, don't hold back, B- build with power, build with, with assurance. And we prayed some amazing things out that are coming true even now. Things that I, well, I, things happened out of that week I didn't expect. But praise God, we're, we were faithful to do what He said to do. And then at the end of this year, I was, he, he had me put, putting together um, a, a sermon. I wasn't even planning on this subject or that subject, but he said, look over what happened during the week devo- devoted to God and read through those and talked about the framing. He says, the word for 2017 was framing. Framing the plan and purpose of God for our lives and for this, this body and for this valley and so on and so forth. And then he said, the word for this next year is engage. I wasn't looking for a word. I wasn't looking for a word of the year. I mean, Pastor Dan and Claudia always had words of the year every year that, that I was ever in any of their churches. And I mean, they had awesome words, you know, breakthrough and increase and, and uh, favor, the year of favor and the year of uh, more than enough and year, all these amazing words. And then I wasn't going to do words of the year because, okay, I, that's not me. I'm not going to do it. And the first time I preached uh, in the new year, the Holy Spirit says the word for this next year is stretching. And I was like, I don't like that word. <laughs> And it was a tough year. So I wasn't looking for a word for this year, but the Holy Spirit says, engage. The word is engaged. Now, that, that word has so many meanings. You know, I've, I've done a little bit of study on it. Others have done some study and told me what they found out. And those, that, there's, it's, it's multifaceted, as with anything with God. When God says anything, it's always more than what you think it is. It's always deeper than what you think it is. It's bigger than what you think it is. And so... This year we're, we're talking about engage, but in this verse, it's one of the only verses in the uh, uh, ESV, the English Standard Version, that uses the actual word engage. And he says, engage in business until I come. That means be about his business. Do business. Take what he's given you and multiply it. Take what he's put in your hand and do something with it. And so what does he put in our hands? This last year has been exciting for me because things that that I've prayed and that we've prayed for years and years, decades even, have begun to to be established, to begun begun to to come forth and and, and actually happen. We, uh, many years ago, back at Abundant Life Church when I was the the youth pastor, we were praying and... and, uh, in those prayer meetings, 
Uh, one time God had me pray for the, the valley, that, the, that, that, that he would pour out his spirit on the valley, that he'd pour out his spirit on, uh, on all men and all women, all flesh, and, and that you know, signs and wonders and miracles, and, and we'd have a revival, praying for a revival for the valley. And at that time, I thought it was the Kenny Knick Valley. I did. I, I just, that was my first thought. And then it was, as we continued to pray, all of a sudden, you know, we were praying for that, and I was praying, well, you know, because the Kinney Knick Valley is cut right in the middle by the Kinney Knick, and it's, on one side is Pierce County, and the other side is St. Croix County. And so, oh, well, it's bigger than just the valley, it's Pierce and St. Croix County. And so we were praying for the Pierce and St. Croix County. And, and then as we were praying one time, I was praying for Pierce and St. Croix County, and all of a, it just came out of my spirit, Washington County. I was like, well, that's right. You know, there's that little church over there that we're affiliated with, that little, you know, sister church. There, I mean, they're, you know, <laughs> River Valley over there. And they're in Washington County. I guess, well, hey, wait a second. There's a river between us and them, too. Huh. Maybe it's not just the Kinney Knick Valley, but the St. Croix River Valley. And as time goes on, began to realize the valley was bigger, the river was bigger than just between here and, and River Falls. And the Lord put it on my heart to pray. Be, pray for revival from, from Solon Springs to Prescott. And miles on both sides. Filling this valley with the glory of God. Filling this valley with the power of God. And so, prayed that for years. Prayed that for decades. And in that process, we, so I had a lady give me the, the, the prophecy from 1948 that we still have copies of. And if you don't have that, I've got copies. I can get you copies of that. But in that prophecy, they said in, in the, uh, two different missionaries, two different groups of people were in two different meetings, and they didn't know that each other had, had prophesied this, but in, in it they prophesied that just before Jesus comes back, that there would be a revival, that there would be an outpouring of God from, from the headwaters of the St. Croix River, which is Solon Springs, all the way down the length of the river and 100 miles in both directions power of God being poured out, the healings, miracles, signs and wonders, whole cities won for Christ. I, we've been praying that for years, that whole cities. You know, God did that, has done that before. He, he's, you know, who was it that, that prayed that God give me Scotland or let me die? Wasn't Evans, that was, that was uh, Wales. No, it wasn't. It's, it's some. I'll have to look it up again. I, I, I look it up every time I say it, and I can't remember from the next time. But he said, "Give me Scotland or let me die," and the whole the whole country got saved. Huge uh, waves of of revival. The Great Awakening. Whole cities in upstate New York. New York and was John Knox. Who said John Knox? Somebody back there. Oh, Jane. Yeah, she gets a gold star. Jane gets the gold star for tonight. <laughs> In the Great Awakening, whole cities would get saved. They would even say, don't drive through that town. Don't ride your horse and buggy through that town because if you do, you'll get saved and people would do it anyway and they'd get saved. That's what we're talking about, folks. The power of God being poured out in manifest presence. The, the anointing of God. And He wants to do it not through one individual, not through a, a handful of individuals. He wants to do it through the body of Christ. Amen. The whole body of Christ. And then not just here, but around the world. He wants to fill the world. The, word, the Bible says that He wants to fill the world with the glory of God. 
even as the water covers the sea. That's what we're talking about. Doing business. And in this last year, uh, Pastor John Moe uh, just came in tonight, and he's going to be here for a few days. Pastor John Moe had invited me to to go to, and we were talking in November and December, and invited me to go to a a pastor's conference, a, a, a church planting conference in Dubuque, Iowa. And I, you know, thought about it for a minute and said no and I uh, wasn't I wasn't going to go I had decided not to go and and uh, but he sent me the information anyway and it sat in my inbox on my email and I kept ignoring it and kept ignoring it and I actually I threw it away I, I deleted it out of my inbox and the Holy Spirit says I didn't tell you to delete that so I put it back in my inbox I did you know that you could do that you can take it out of the trash and put it back in well you have to do that every so often so I I deleted I put, deleted it out put it back in and then I watched I looked at it for a few more weeks and I'm not going to go and I deleted it again and the Holy Spirit says I didn't tell you to delete it put it back in your inbox I put it's like in my inbox I have to look at it every time I pull up my inbox I have to look at so I finally thought okay I'm going to read through this a bit and I started reading and I said Lord do you want me to go to this he said yes (laughs) and so I went you know because here's the deal God many years ago well before Deb and I, well before us, Pastor Dan and Claudia were minister or going through Bible school in, in Missouri, and the Holy Spirit put this valley in their heart. God led them to come here and to start a church, and really to start a series of churches. Started the church Abundant Light or Communion of Saints at the time in River Falls, later started this church. And it's been interesting that, you know, as I've come up in their ministry, grew up in, that, in this ministry, that, that that anointing has rubbed off on me. And it does that. That's the thing about the anointing. The anointing can rub off on you by just being around somebody, by being around something, and investing in it, in helping somebody else fulfill their vision. By helping somebody else fulfill their vision, God will fulfill your vision. By being faithful in somebody else's work, He'll fulfill your work. It's amazing. And so just being around them, that, that itch, I can't, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's anointing, it's the power of God, I mean, but that, that desire to, to start something was in me from very young, from, from very early on in the ministry. And in 2002, began to drive over in Wisconsin. The Holy Spirit led me to drive over in Wisconsin. For two years, I drove, ended up mostly in the Somerset area. Driving around there, st- sitting in the parks, praying, sitting on the, on the roads, praying, go there for lunch. But I prayed there for two years. And I knew a church was supposed to, to begin in, 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 in uh, Somerset. I knew it, and I, I thought it was I was supposed to do it. I thought we were supposed to do it, but it didn't make any sense. It's so close. I, you know, it's just like, this doesn't make sense. Why would we plant something that close? Prayed and prayed and prayed. Weeks and weeks and weeks and months and years. Two full years prayed, and one day it just stopped. I was like, what in the world was that? Just stopped. Dead stop. He said, don't, do it. don't go over there anymore. A week later, I was in a pastor's meeting, and a friend of mine, Pastor Bill Heeb, was sitting across the table from me, and we were talking, and I said, so how are you doing, Bill? And he goes, nah, not pretty, not, not very good. He had been 
pastoring a church. They were renting from another building here in town, another church in town, and they were they were, had got down to hardly anybody coming to church anymore. And the the church they were in was very liberal, and it was hard to be there, hard to be in that building. He says, you know, we're going to shut down the church. He says, it's just you know the, the ministry is done. We're just going to be done. And I was like, no, that's, you know, you just don't you don't want to see anything end, anything that God starts, anything that God begins it's you know it, it, there are times there are times when it needs to end but you know you just hate to see that happen and i said really is there nothing else you can do and he says well yeah actually he says there's a a friend a guy in our church has a building in somerset and he said we could meet there as long as we want for free and it went off inside of me i said bill you got to go to somerset he said well why would i you know i don't know about that he says you know i and i said bill I've been there for two years praying. God wants a church to start in Somerset. You need to go to Somerset. So he goes, well, okay. Can't lose, right? So they moved. They ended up buying the building. The church is still there. They're still operating. They're still ministering. Praise God. And when that ended, the Holy Spirit told me to start driving north. And we ended up in, I ended up in St. Croix Falls and driving around St. Croix Falls and, and uh, Taylor's Falls and driving around that area and praying for two years. For two years, at once a week or at least twice, or at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, I'd go up there and drive the area and sit and pray. And, and I actually spent the night up there one time because the Holy Spirit said to go and get a hotel room and spend and, and just pray over this area. And then when we were getting ready, I knew, I knew a church was supposed to start, and the Holy Spirit says, call Pastor Dan and Claudia and ask if they'll start it. Ask them if they'll, if they'll help you. If they'll do it. And so they went up and they started the church in St. Croix Falls, River Valley Christian Church, St. Croix Falls. Once that church started, I got in the car and I started driving north, and the Holy Spirit said, where are you going? I was like, well, I was going to drive north and pray. He goes, I didn't tell you to do that. Go back to your own church. Go back home. So I went back home. As I'm driving home, I'm feeling bad. I'm thinking, well, that was what was that all about? And the Holy Spirit said, the next one's going to start different. Two years later. But I was spent time here. The Lord had me praying somewhere else, but there was a number of things He had me do that next two years. It was very frustrating. It was hard for me, you know, because I knew something was supposed to start, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how it was supposed to work. And so... Uh, but I was obedient, did what he told me to do, and I met Carl Binger. And uh, there, uh, he, he is a, was a, a person who got born again here. Uh, church staff led him to the Lord. He was baptized here, filled with the Holy Ghost here, met his wife here, got married here, and then left. But he, uh, he, I had ran into him, wasn't expecting to, ran into him one day. And I said, where have you been? Haven't seen you. And he goes, I'm finishing seminary. And the Holy Spirit said, take him out for lunch. And we, we met a couple of different times. And long story short, I asked him, I said, what's your, what's your vision? And he says, to start a little church in Rush City. He said, there used to be a church there. There's not a church anymore. And the Holy Spirit said, tell him you'll help him. So we helped him start a church. It started differently. It wasn't the way I thought it would. But we helped him. He then a year later joined with, with another home church. And they, bought, they started renting a building in Grandy, Minnesota, just north of, of uh, um, Cambridge, which is now St. Croix River Valley Christian Church, Grandy, in his service. And Pastor Tom and Cindy Bakke pastor that. And after that, the Holy Spirit said, 
Now you need to wait. And for, for a couple of years, he had me praying somewhere else. It was you know, a long story. I'm not going to go into all the detail. But then Pastor Luis and Marta needed a place to meet. And had them, they came and, and met here for about four years. And it were, the church was a part here. We helped them start, you know, with their church. And that's, God was just working in me. This, this leading to start churches. So Pastor John invited me to go to that pastor's uh, meeting, the church planting, and I went there and, and the first day I got mad. Because they made a statement. They made a statement in the meeting. They said, you know, a, a healthy church should be able to start a new church every two years. And I went, yeah, right. I, I'm usually a nice guy, but that day I wasn't in a good mood. And so I raised my eyes and said, who? Tell me who's doing this. Tell me the names. Tell me somebody who's actually doing this. And the guy smiled and he goes, well, in America they're not. Okay, I, you know, we, we, there isn't anybody. You know. And I said, well, okay. I, and he goes, but in the rest of the world there are places where it is happening. And I know that's true because that's what's happening in Eastern Europe. That's what's happening in Africa and different different places in the world, they are. There's just going from one town to the next to the next, starting churches. Well, that week was a pretty rough week for me because God was putting something in in me, a vision to do something that didn't I didn't want to do it. Not not to that level. And long story short, the Holy Spirit by the end of that week says, "I want you to start twenty four churches in the next ten years." And I'm thinking, how in the world do you do that? How in the world do you start 24 churches in 10 years? That's just crazy talk. I told you it was a hard week. It was a rough week. Well, I can guarantee you, since then, we were driving back. Pastor Tom and I were driving back from that conference, and we had been started meeting. One of the things the Holy Spirit said during last year's week devoted to God to me, and I just wrote it in my notes. I didn't tell anybody, but I talked to Vern and Jonah and Tom afterwards. I said, the Holy Spirit says we need to start meeting once a month and praying. Getting together and praying over the valley, praying over God's vision. And as I was driving back and we were talking, I was like, okay, we can't meet once a month. That's not enough. And we began to meet once a week and praying. We've met every week since February, except a couple when I've been out of town or somebody's not been able to. We've been praying systematically, week after week after week, for the plan and purpose of God to be fulfilled. And God, I believe, has given us a, a plan to do exactly what he's told us to do. But I can guarantee you it's not by any of our strengths. It's not by any of our abilities. It's not by any of us, our, our uh, uh, talents. But what, you, what we have to have is his anointing. It's his anointing. This week... We're just going to be led by the Holy Ghost. And, and I, like I said, I had some things that were planned out that I had a desire to do and that were on my heart. And so I've talked to a number of ministers and they're going to be ministering on different nights. And on Saturday, we have some folks that will be speaking on Saturday um, and just ministering as the Holy Ghost leads. And one of the things that, as we've been praying uh, weekly, that the Holy Spirit has said multiple times is that this week is as much, if not more, about the power than it is the preaching. 
that it's about the anointing of God being transmitted, hands being laid on, ministering to one another, ministering, uh, the people ministering the power of God to each other. And so I had planned on, I was going to speak tonight, and then uh, tomorrow night Vern McNorton is going to minister, and then on Tuesday, Pastor, I felt like Pastor Dan was supposed to minister. And uh, a couple days ago, as I was continuing to pray about this, the Holy Spirit says it's going to change up. You need to have Pastor Dan minister tonight. So I, I kind of set the stage tonight, but Pastor Dan and Claudia are apostles. Now, what's apostles? It's, apostle isn't a, a title to, to seek after. Any of the titles, a pastor, a apostle, a, a teacher, a, an evangelist, or a, or a prophet, isn't something you go, you know, I think I, think I want to be an apostle. I think I want to be a prophet. I'm going to go to prophet school, and I'm going to get my prophet license, and I'm going to, I'm going to be a prophet. I'm going to put my prophet shingle up on the wall, and I'm going to be a prophet. No. Any of those, even pastor, is not something you go, you know, I'm going to be a pastor. Actually, I don't know, and I'd have to you know, survey everybody here, but when I first was like praying and wanting God use me, do whatever you want, anything but a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. Don't, you know, any, and, the, and a little old lady driving, we're on a mission trip, and this 80-year-old lady sitting behind me in a van leans over and she goes, oh, John, I've been praying for you, and God says you're going to be a pastor. I laughed at her face. I laughed at her right in her face. I'm, I, I will have to repent when I get to heaven. She's now passed away, but... I repent because I laughed at her. I was like, yeah, right. No, anything but a pastor. Well, don't ever say that. <laughs> but it's not a title that you... Uh, but when you start to walk out the plan of God and the anointings and the, the giftings and the, and the abilities are there to be what He's called you to be, then that's what you are. Yeah. And these guys have started two churches and amazingly, three churches... St. Croix Falls, you know, you put Pastor Dan and Claudia in a town with a glass of water and a church starts. I mean, it's just that easy. And so tonight, what's on my heart is for them to lay hands on all of us. Because to do what we're supposed to do over the next 10, 15, 30, 150 years is going to take the anointing of God. And Jesus one time was asked, by whose authority are you teaching? The, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to trick him, and they said, by whose authority are you doing these things? And Jesus said, let me ask you a question. If Whose authority did John have? Who, who was John? John the Baptist. Who was John the Baptist? And they said, we don't know, because if we say that he was from God, then, the, then Jesus is saying, well, why didn't you follow him? And, and if we say he's from man, then the people are going to be ticked at us because they think he's from God. So we don't know who he's, who, whose authority he was ministering under. And Jesus says, and I'm not going to tell you either, because his authority came from John. John was the last of the Old Testament prophets, and God does things in succession. He passes down anointings and giftings and callings. I am who I am because of Pastor Dan and Claudia and Roger and Myrna and Dan and Marta, others who have poured into my life. Vern Norton, Vern and Mary. I mean, people who have ministered to me, had laid their hands on me, prayed for me. I can be who I am because of that. Paul told Timothy, Stir up the gifts that were placed in you by the laying on of hands. 
tonight and throughout this week, I've, I'm, I'm telling with, talking with people that are going to be ministering. I'm saying, you need to minister by the Holy Ghost. You need to lay hands. We need, that's why the, the room is set up this way. So we got all the room we need to lay hands on people. And you might think, well, and by the end of the week, you might be thinking, well, wait a second, I might be going bald by getting hands laid on me over and over and over again. It's not possible, is it, John? You, too late. Yeah, see? It's good. It's good. It's good to have hands laid upon you and the gifts and the callings to be transferred. Amen? We need the apostolic anointing. This church, we as a body... It isn't just Pastor Dan and Claudia who are apostles. Because of that apostolic anointing in their life, we are all apostolic. Amen. Maybe we're not all apostles. But we have that anointing because of who we are. That's why we're different. We are more, we are different. This church is not a normal church. Glory to God. This, This group of people have a call and a plan and a purpose that can only be fulfilled by the anointing. And we need to covet that anointing. So I, I want to welcome Pastor Dan and Claudia here. And uh, Pastor Dan has some things to share, but then when he's going to lay hands on it. And I get, I get to be the first one he lays hands on. So I'm just telling you now, I'm, 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 I'm uh, taking dibs on that. Uh, handheld over here. Thank you. And thank each and every one of you for all the prayers that you've spent and the time you've spent praying for us. May 8th change our life when we were rear-ended and front-ended simultaneously. For 59 days I lie in Regent's Hospital prophesying to myself, someday I will walk. And because of your prayers, God's anointing, I'm standing here tonight under God's power. I praise God for Pastor John and many of you We were in Holy High Worship near St. Louis, Missouri, the seminary I went to. And I was raising my hands, and Claudia and I began praying when we first went to that Bible school, where will we go two years, two and a half years, three years from now, when we graduate and were ordained? And I saw a vision of the St. Croix Valley. I saw, as Pastor John has described, two squares, one with the side knocked off, Pearson, St. Croix County. I'd worked in River Falls as a bricklayer, and I thought, this is a great little town. Someday I'd like to live here. 
God showed me in the vision to go there and start a church. I didn't know how to pastor. I'd never pastored. I was a bricklayer for 24 and a half years. But we were obedient to God. We loaded up the U-Haul, sold our home to a guy who couldn't afford it and buy it. That's another story. (laughs) And we came and rented. We came on $1,000 borrowed money from my daughter's college grant. We stepped out in faith. We were broke. Didn't have any money. But God said, go. And if God tells you to go, that's what you should do. We could never afford what God called us to do. We couldn't afford to build this building. We couldn't afford to buy the land. Miraculously, God worked through us. This land, 6.11 acres, was valued at 275000 I told the Lutheran bishop, we'll give you 50. He was ticked. (laughs) The Holy Spirit said, go to the courthouse and look up what the taxes are. As I did that, I found in the Stillwater courthouse, only a church could be built on this 6.11 acres for the next 25 years. It pays, as Pastor John has said, it pays to be obedient. I couldn't wait to call that Lutheran bishop back. (laughs) I did, and he said, I've had it appraised at 275. The best commercial appraiser in the Twin Cities. I said, I don't believe he is. And I told him what it said. He said, do you have a fax machine? I said, it'll be on your desk in two minutes. We ended up purchasing this for, I think, $65,000. It's God. It's it's God. We'll clap for him. Some years ago, After we started Abundant Life Church, Community of Saints Church, um, actually it was while we were in seminary in Missouri, four of us guys went to Kenneth Hagin's camp meeting. In those days, Daddy Hagin would lay hands on anybody who was a pastor. And he laid hands on us in 1980 or 81 we hit the floor. Never experienced that before. And I received an anointing that I didn't know what it was. Some years after that, Roger Bruin was our administrator here. Roger said, hey, PD, we need to get out of this cold. Go on a golf trip, four of us. I said, sounds good to me. We were going to go 
to Carolina. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, don't go, it's going to be inclement weather. So I told the other three of the foursome, I'm not going. They thought I was just a little bit off. We ended up, I said, I found a golf course in Florida. We can go to Rodney Howard Brown meetings in the morning. We can golf in the afternoon and go to the meetings at night. Did you ever try to hit a golf ball when you were inebriated with the Holy Ghost? (laughs) On glass-lined fairways? Rodney, we were sitting in the second row, and he said to me, Pastor, come out here. And I looked at Pastor Kevin on my left, and he said, You in the blue suit. That was me. 65 feet away. He looked at me and spoke one word, Phil. And I went over under the power of God. I lie there for one hour and 45 minutes, PJ? Yeah. He stepped over me as he was preaching while I lie in front of 10,000 people. I came to and he said to me, those of you who desire the anointing, come up here. I was inebriated. I have been inebriated with alcohol. But let me tell you, there's no high like the most high. (laughs) And as I was trying to stand up, one young man of God picked me up because he couldn't walk. And he literally carried me up six stairs. And I could feel the anointing of God coming back 10 feet away. And I ended up on my back again for 45 minutes. I was raised by a chronic alcoholic mother who was very mean. I've had much rejection in my life. And as I lie there, it was like black muck being sucked out of me. I got up and I was clean and pure inside. I didn't hurt anymore. How many of you have ever been hurt? You've come to the right place tonight. You shall receive Holy Ghost power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you prophesy, dream dreams, see visions, Danny Kramer said to me when we were pastoring on the other side of the river, I don't know what this means, but I saw you planting a garden and you had a hole and you were hoeing and taking the weeds out. But it wasn't on this side of the river, it was over on the other side of the river. That confirmed what God said. Come here and start another church. I don't know if you can sense it or not, but there's an anointing in the very air in this church right now. 
He just dropped in. And you and I are sitting beneath a great cloud. What is the anointing? It's the manifest presence of God to obey God. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't know how many years it was when Pastor Claudia and I pastored Abundant Life Church, but my schedule was crazy. Sunday I preached, Monday was elders meeting, Tuesday night, 36 students in a Bible school, Wednesday night, Bible study, Thursday night, intercessory prayer, Friday night, teach home care group leaders, Saturday, make sure your sermon was complete for the next day. And after some years, I said to God, God, this schedule is crazy. I can't do this anymore. He had the audacity to say to me, it's not important what you do for me. What is important is what you allow me to do through you. How many of you are willing to let God use you? God sees your hand. You just signed up for a covenant. But it's not important what you do for God. But it's really important what you allow God to do through you. Turn toward your neighbor and say this, God can use you. Turn toward your other neighbor and say, God can use me too, just as I am. (laughs) How many of you believe what you just confessed? He's so good. I love Pastor John. What a son. I've gleaned so many things just when we talk. He said to me one day, you know, it's really a weird world we live in. And I'm wondering, where's he going with this? And he said to me, you know, we worship a God you can't see. You can talk to him, but you can't see him. But if you listen, he'll talk to you. It was something like that. And I began thinking, we live in two different worlds. You're living tonight in a world that is seen and a world that is unseen. And God wants to give you more of the unseen world. The Holy Spirit wants to fill your spirit man with His love. 1 Corinthians says, love never fails. You can always be a winner. All you need to do is walk in love. 
pastor I was raised under, he preached so many sermons on Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Stay crucified. How many of you ever get a rats of frass? <laughs> Nobody? I'm the only one? Oh, it's one of us. You know what rats of frass is? When you get ticked off? <laughs> huh? Rats of frass. <laughs> but if you walk in love, you walk on that. And you won't let it operate. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. How God anointed the man, Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. Packer Backer. What's your name? Steve. Steve? Where do you live? Okay. Pardon? Oakdale. How God anointed Steve of Oakdale with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good healing all that were oppressed well I'm just a man I'm just a woman no you aren't he became a son of man so you and I could become sons and daughters of God and go about doing good healing all that were oppressed. I lie in the hospital 59 days in regions. During that time, I was on oxycodone and their funny pills. <laughs> During that time, I led 12 or 15 people to the Lord Jesus Christ, not even in my own right mind. <laughs> now, if God can do it, see, that's a good part of it. His mind is in you. You have the mind of Christ. Turn toward your neighbor and declare that you have the mind of Christ. <laughs> now say, I do too. <laughs> God wants to use your mind. 1970, we were raised in the charismatic renewal. And all they taught was, throw your mind away. You don't use your mind. No. Give your mind to God and let him work through it. He'll do that for you.
Isaiah 10, 27. The yoke upon your neck shall be destroyed. It doesn't say broken. It says it shall be destroyed. Something that's destroyed is irreparable. You can't repair it. The anointing of God is here tonight. And he's going to destroy some yokes. Some of the things that you and I have had in us won't be in there anymore. All you need to do is receive. All you need to do is receive. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor John and Debbie, could we lay hands upon you? And sure, the head honcho, I don't know where to go after that. But. After me, anybody else. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. As you're sitting there, now I used to go to a football game. My son was in high school football at River Falls. And I'd sit in the middle of the bleachers on the 50-yard line, almost near the top. And my son could hear me out on the field. (laughs) And when halftime came, we'd get up and go to the concession stand and get something. And I came back and I sat down in the same place. And I thought it was kind of funny, all of seats in front of me cleared out just kind of like that (laughs) you know what I was a participant not a spectator where you are tonight in your seat begin to pray in the spirit let God move upon you pray for those who are having hands laid. How many of you are able to do that? That's good. Join the team. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Let's lift our hands. Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for what you are doing, what you have done tonight. We thank you for Pastors Dan and Claudia Dennison, Lord. We thank you for their their love for you, their ministry. Their Lord, we bless them in the name of the Lord. We bless them. We bless their lives. We bless their things. We bless the ministry that you have you have called them into, that they are still walking into this day. Lord, we praise you and we give glory to Jesus Christ because of them and all that they are. Lift up. We praise you. We thank you for this night. And we thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.